0: Well, today is not only uh, World Communion uh, Sunday, but it's also the day we begin a new sermon series on discipleship, and uh, the message for today is really uh, about what makes us a good neighbor, and so I'm reading here from uh, Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 25. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer, do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. You know, in the Gospels, people are always trying to test and to challenge Jesus. There are always people who think that they uh, know best, that their way is right, that they know who God uh, loves and doesn't love, or what God likes and, and doesn't like. And so we get this story of a lawyer who wants to test and challenge Jesus and prove that he doesn't really know what he's talking about. And he says to him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now... And Jesus doesn't argue with him. He doesn't even answer the question. He just turns it right back on the man and says, well, what does it say in the scriptures? And the lawyer says, well, you're to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, well, that's exactly right. We are to love God first, and then we are to love our neighbor in the way that we want to be loved. But the lawyer isn't quite satisfied. He still wants to push Jesus. And so he comes to this second question. Well then, who is my neighbor? Now, of course, we know that Jesus' way, that God's way, is to love every single person. There is no one excluded from the possibility of God's grace and God's love. And so rather than answering the question that's being asked, Jesus instead tells this story about who is a good neighbor. What does it mean to be a good neighbor? We know the parable well. Uh, that there's a Jewish man who's on the way from Jerusalem to Jericho. He's on this very dangerous road, and he gets attacked by bandits who rob him and strip him and beat him and then leave him half dead by the side of the road. And along come two of his Jewish brethren. Uh, First comes a priest who... uh, moves to the other side of the road and keeps going, and then a Levite who does the same moves to the other side of the road and keeps going. You see, they figured that he was probably already dead, and to have uh, touched him would have made them unclean, and that would have created a lot of problems for them, and so they passed on by. But then Jesus said, here came a Samaritan. Now, The the Jews and the Samaritans back then really didn't like each other at all. There was no love lost between these two groups of people. And so here comes a Samaritan who actually stops to help. He treats and bandages the wounds. He takes the man and puts them on puts him on his donkey, he he travels with him to the nearest inn, he cares for him overnight, and in the morning says to the innkeeper, here's a lot of money, Uh, you take care of him, and when I come back, I'll give you more money. This Samaritan was the good neighbor, says Jesus. And in fact... The lawyer agrees with him. He says, hey, it was the Samaritan. Now, uh, what we have to understand here is just how shocking and offensive this would have been to the ancient hearers. It would be if Jesus were telling this story to us today, he would say this. So there was a Christian who got beaten up by the side of the road, and first came a minister, and next came a lay leader, and they walked by on the other side of the road, but then came a Muslim or an immigrant who didn't speak English, and this one stopped to help the hurt person. This is telling us something about what it means to be a good neighbor. And Jesus is always trying to shake us out of sort of our complacent human mindsets and to see the word of God anew. And there are two things that he's trying to tell us about what it means to be a good neighbor. And the first is that a good neighbor is present, physically present. Now, remember that the two men pass by actually turn physically away from the man. Because when you see someone, when you hear someone, it sometimes changes how you feel about them. And, you know, it's so easy when we're at a distance from someone to assume things about them, to, you know, kind of not like them, to make uh, reasons why we shouldn't really help them. And uh, that's one of the reasons that I think social media is so bad today. You don't see the person, you don't hear the person, and you can say all kinds of snippy little things because they're at such a distance. But when we are physically present and see and hear the person, it really changes a lot. So uh, I don't know about you, but I uh, had a chance to watch some of the about 30,000 hours of the Vietnam War series over the past couple weeks, and in one of the uh, early uh, uh, episodes of this, there is... a. Uh, interviewee, a man who they're talking to, who says that in boot camp they taught them to use all kinds of ugly and horrible names for the North Vietnamese. And, you know, it makes sense. You have to kind of uh, dehumanize the enemy if your job is to go out and to take their lives. But, in a later episode, maybe the last one, There are all these American veterans who, in order to find healing, return to Vietnam to meet with North Vietnamese veterans. And when they see them and when they hear them and when they sit down with them, they find they are brothers. They're not enemies after all. You see, the good neighbor is always physically present and hears and sees the other person who is in front of them. But there is a second thing that this tells us about being a good neighbor. Now, the apex or the height of this story is when the Samaritan is moved with compassion. Usually in the Gospels, it's Jesus who's moved with compassion, which is saying that the Samaritan is acting Christ-like. And compassion is not only feeling another person's distress or pain or injury. That's what we would call empathy. We feel your pain. But compassion also has this desire to do something to alleviate that pain. We don't just feel their pains, we are moved to do something about it. You know, I think every mother or father who is is worth their salt understands exactly what compassion is. Anytime your child is sick, you actually feel the pain that your child is experiencing, and you will do everything in your power to try and make that child feel better. That's compassion. Now, it may be that the priest and the Levite had empathy. They really felt bad for the guy who was on the side of the road, but it was the Samaritan who actually stopped to offer help, who was moved with compassion. And not only that, but the Samaritan goes above and beyond. God's compassion is always extravagant. God's compassion is always generous. And this Samaritan, he gives of his time. He gives uh, his attention to the man. He gives oil. He gives wine. He gives his donkeys back. He gives a lot of money to care for this stranger who has been injured. And of course, it would have been easy for him to say, well, you know, hey, uh, I'm not a Jew. I'm not going to help. Or to say, hey, you know, uh, I got too much going on. I, I don't really need to help. Call someone, you know, they'll help. But compassion moves us to do something. It's always so much easier to find reasons and excuses why we shouldn't or can't help. But God's compassion goes above and beyond. There's this wonderful story of a judge who had to fulfill the letter of the law. That was his job. But then he was moved with such great compassion toward this person. Let's watch the video.
1: Sometimes the best way to help someone who has fallen into a hole is not to throw them a rope, but to climb in. Steve Harpin learned this on the road. Inside the county courthouse in Fayetteville, North Carolina, Judge Lou Oliveira made headlines with an unusual decision.
0: You may be seated.
1: A few years ago, Joe Cerna was arrested for drunk driving. As part of his probation, he wasn't allowed to drink. So when he lied about a recent urine test, the judge felt he had no choice. I gave Joe a night in jail because he had to be held accountable. It was just one night. But as he entered the cell, Joe says he knew it would be one of the longest nights of his life. When I walked into the jail cell and they closed the door behind me, I started feeling this um, anxiety. It came back? It came back, it flashed flashback. Retired Army Sergeant First Class Joe Cerna did three tours in Afghanistan and has two Purple Hearts to show for it. The Green Beret survived an IED and a suicide bomber. But he says his scariest moment was the night he was riding in a truck with three other soldiers. What happened?
0: We were, we were following the, the creek, and uh, the road gave way. And um, the vehicle went into the
1: creek. truck started filling with water? Yeah. All hope was lost. Trapped and unable to move, Joe felt the water rising, past his legs, then waist and neck, until finally it stopped At his chin. How many guys got out of that truck? Alive? Yeah. Just me.
0: I was a sole survivor.
1: Joe says it still haunts him. So I suffer from PTSD. Among his issues, a fear of being in small, cramped places. I knew what Joe was going through, and I knew Joe's history, and he had to be held accountable, but I just felt I had to go with him. I felt I had to go with him. And so, a few minutes after Joe was locked up, Judge Lou Oliveira surprised the man he sent to jail by joining him for the entire night. We ate meatloaf.
0: Compassion not only feels another person's pain or injury, but is moved to do something about it. Sometimes we have to climb in the hole with them. Now, over the past week, there has been a lot of controversy about football players taking a knee. And there have been a lot of people who have been making assumptions about what Colin Kaepernick meant when he first did this. But the one person we didn't hear from at all this week was Colin Kaepernick. And so I wanted to figure out what was going on, and you had to go back to see what was going on last year. And uh, I found out some interesting things. Did you know that uh, he was adopted? These are his parents. Did you know that Colin Kaepernick is a deeply committed Christian? And did you know that Kaepernick decided to take a knee out of his his deep distress at the number of African-Americans who were being killed in the streets. I'm deeply distressed about African-Americans being killed in the streets. I worry about my little brother, Jay, who for all his sweetness and kindness and goodness and good Christian love, the first thing you see is a big, strong black man. So Colin Kaepernick decided that what he would do is take a knee. Now, my point here isn't whether you agree with the man or not. My job is never to tell you how to think about politics. But what is troubling is how many people weren't willing to stop and listen to what he had to say, that they weren't even willing to hear if he was in distress, let alone offer him the compassion and love of Christ. You see, too many people were too quick to say he's anti-American, he's anti-flag, he's anti-military without even knowing who he is and what he was all about. Every human being wants to be heard. Every human being wants to be cared for. Every human being wants to be loved. And I promise you that I will always do my best to love you and anyone who comes into this church, no matter your politics, no matter your shortcomings, no matter your wounds or the pains that you carry. Jesus calls us to be a good neighbor by listening to the other by caring for the other, by being present to the other, and by expressing deep compassion for every human being. The question it leaves us with is whether we are willing to stop and to help, or if we will just pass by on the other side.